Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Good morning. Marin here on a beautiful fall Monday. Monday is typically a travel day for me or has been the last couple of months. Going up to Flagstaff to see mamas up there but different this week, kind of taking the week off, for lack of a better description, with their permission, of course, we're waiting on a few babies up there, to some very confident mamas that felt okay about seeing us soon, hopefully. So that's a big deal for me, just waiting on these couple of babies before I get really close to my own birth, which is kind of mind boggling. But isn't that always the way it is, right? It seems so far away. And then before you know it, you're in the window. And I'm not quite in the window yet. Like I said, they will birth first. But then I will be in the window. And it will seem crucial that I finish up all the tasks I've been working pretty hard on postpartum prep, which has been fun, getting kids involved and just doing that preparation is really important to me. So practically speaking, it totally is. I'll have food that has been prepared by my children mostly and myself with love as I'm gratefully sitting there nursing a new baby. And then there's also just the way that preparation for that seems to symbolize all the other preparation that we do for birth. A lot of it isn't as tangible. It's not a recipe. (laughs) There isn't a recipe. Uh, There aren't, you know, actual ingredients, but all of the things we're doing on the inside to get ready, all the thoughts and feelings and dreaming of birth and this baby, it's really a surreal time. So the fact that I can string words together for this podcast, (laughs) we'll see if that happens. Pregnancy also has the gift for many of us of helping us be more direct. I don't know that I'll be more concise than normal, although it's really a goal this morning because I want to talk about this topic, um, but I don't want to over talk about it, if that makes sense. I don't feel like it needs to be overcomplicated. And I feel like if I hit the major points I hope I remember them. That's going to be the hardest part because I don't have a lot written down. Um, But if I can hit the major points of what I'm feeling, I'll feel productive in this. 
uh, because it really is a topic that's been coming up a lot lately. And as you know, if you're a listener of my podcast, that's really how I decide on topics. We get a lot of emails and I love suggestions. But in the end, when I sit down here at the microphone, it's got to be easy to flow out and it has to feel relevant. So this idea of should I choose a free birth for my very first birth is something that is brought to my table here a lot, almost literally. It's brought right here to this office. Uh, Not to mention people online in our community, you know, all over the world that we talk with and do virtual prenatals with. This is a real question. And I think it has just a really practical component. And then there's more to talk about. So should I choose a free birth for my first birth is a question we get a lot. And right off the bat, I feel like if that's a question, then there's more to be investigated. And what does that actually mean? Like as far as yes or no, I don't have any idea. And I guess that is a take home of this topic, which is no one knows but you. But yet, it's a legitimate question to be asking, especially, you know, people that know about birth and in a community where you feel safe. So not judging anyone for having the question. But I think if you have the question, then you're at a point where you're in investigation mode. Or the answer should be no. I think put really simply, there is definitely a category of women that is so self-assured. And I've met many of them. I definitely was not one of them my first birth. So that's full disclosure. Um, I never would have chosen a free birth for my first birth. Uh, And I didn't. In fact, I chose a hospital birth. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Just saying that if it's a question you're asking then there's more to think about. Oh, the self-assured woman. That's kind of where I was going. Yeah. I mean, these are really fantastic women and not more fantastic than other women, but conscious in a way that this isn't actually a question for them. Right. And a lot of women fit into this category. Maybe their first births, maybe they're not, and probably a higher percentage are not because There's something about birth that really expands our consciousness and usually allows us to gain a lot of wisdom into life and death in ourselves. And it's just a fact that most of us don't have that the first time. But again, I'm talking about kind of the outliers that do have that the first time. And like I said, I've met many of them. Um, I feel like a lot of people that take our courses, even the doula course, for example, not even just birth prep courses, uh, fit into this category. But it's a rare breed. And this kind of woman, like I said, is so self-assured. She's conscious. She's very mature. And that may or may not have to do with her actual physical age. But there's something really kind of like wise and and elderly in the best sense about a woman like this. So she's never had a baby, but maybe she's had, 
you know, X, Y, and Z life experiences, um, particularly uh, spiritual experiences, or maybe with her body. And it sets her apart from sort of your average woman having her first baby. Uh, And she doesn't question it. She doesn't say, should I have a free birth? She may not even know the label. She just somewhere knows in her deeply, she's going to have this baby, you know, at home, maybe by herself, doesn't feel the need for support or guidance from another woman, probably, Um, may or may not have the need for a lot of intellectual education. And her baby comes out. You know, I think that's sort of this holy grail um, of maybe where we all want to be headed, evolutionarily speaking, one day. And, And I love that. And it's real. And I think it's great. It's just not very common. So those people, in my experience, just do it. Like I said, they're not asking a question. They're not looking for permission. They're not really confused about what they want. And again, those stories vary as much as people do. And I don't have too much more to say about that. um, Because I think that's how I see it. Uh, And I'm sure you know, people like that, you may even be one of those people. Um, and yeah, they are going to do what they're going to do. And there's just no question about where they're at. And their bodies are, you know, just completely in the same vein of consciousness and trust. So I wish more women were at that place. Um, you know, like I said, I certainly wasn't the first time or probably even the whole first bunch of times. But that's okay. Everyone's on their journey. And I don't know that that's a goal. I'm just trying to kind of like point out how I see people differing. So those people, um, you know, as far as being a midwife goes, uh, there's nothing to really offer them other than, hey, if you need a friend, if you need an ear, I'm here. And, you know, maybe you'll have use for that in your pregnancy or not. And usually they don't. And again, that's amazing and and really astounding. So all the respect for that, especially people that um, are just so self-assured, I guess is the best word I can come up with this morning about what they want. And there's really no question. And, you know, not to say those women aren't doing incredibly hard inner work on their own. Uh, they definitely are. So I'm not I'm not necessarily you know, making it sound like they don't work hard for, for what they want. But it's just different than some other sort of groups of people that might be considering free birth, as we'll hear. So those women aside, so we're not going to keep talking about those women, we're not going to question their choices. Uh, We're not questioning anyone's choices. But if someone's asking me a question, then the question gets put back on them, right? (laughs) I mean, that's my job as a midwife. And I think as someone that cares about women choosing from a place of power is when a question gets asked of me, the direction is back on them. So uh, should I have a free birth the first time turns into what do you actually want? And a billion more questions I would have for people. Um, You know, what is it that you're looking to feel during your birth? Uh, what is your past history 
maybe you haven't had a baby, but maybe you've had other experiences with your body, uh, miscarriages, abortions, um, you know, who knows what, all kinds of things that have made you feel a little bit more defensive and protective around your physical space, which totally makes sense. So where are you coming from? And what do you want? I think those are really very good questions to start with when someone is considering this idea. And it's not my job to necessarily evaluate those answers, even though I'm being asked. So I can ask the questions, but they're really for someone to take back to their own private space and think about and reflect upon. Um, What I can offer people is the fact that midwifery care can fill the gaps for someone that is understanding that the medical model of midwifery of birth is not what they want. That's not going to suit them. But they don't quite understand how they would be alone because there are things they do want. So again, back to the first question, what do you want? Um, If you're wanting guidance, if you're wanting support, especially from another woman, um, if you're wanting access to, you know, education and kind of the newest and best research around whatever topics, um, if you're looking for help with how do I cope with labor? Like, how do I even prepare for that? If you're looking for support around your partnership and birth and mothering and parenting, um, these are just like four or five of the topics. And generally, there are literally, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 more that can come out of working with a midwife that truly does care about your growth and expansion as a human and as a pregnant woman during your pregnancy, because we know that leads to birth. So we talk about this idea of free birth as if it stands alone in a sense. Like it's such a male concept of like, what am I going to do when the baby is ready to come out? Um, And it's, you know, not just male, it's kind of like Western culture. We're only interested in the main event. We're not necessarily interested in the growth or the journey. Um, So we see it as like, well, what do I want when the baby comes out? But most women don't know that there's so much to be offered during the months prior to that, that influence the birth. So, you know, I've had many experiences here, especially locally. Um, We offer lots of free resources. We have a free workshop. We do a free pregnancy circle, among many other things. So we often will kind of cross paths with women that are having their first babies And they feel very confident that they're going to have a free birth. Um, And I'm not sure we help things in a sense, because a lot of our material, our free workshop, is based on the fact that birth works. You know, you don't need someone. You could choose someone, but birth doesn't need anything more than ourselves and our surrender and, you know, a million other things, honestly, that uh, we often work for in today's day and age, um, but never painted as, you know, you need to hire someone 
to have a nice or a successful birth because I don't believe that is true. Um, but again, there are so many benefits. So people will come and they'll watch these videos with us and they'll think, oh my gosh, babies just fall out. Why would I want anyone? You know, my baby's going to fall out too. And they miss the fact that there's nine months of introspection and growth. Um, and again, you don't have to have a guide for that, but it can be super helpful. So they miss out on that. They miss out on the opportunity to um, have space held for them during tough emotional times and fears in pregnancy. They miss the opportunity to have someone that's been through it many times and witnessed hundreds of women um, hold space for you know, all kinds of things, um, relationship things, money things, life things, scared to be a mother things, like <laughs> how many issues do we all deal with um, in prep for birth, but especially the first time. So many. So they miss that. And they just kind of mosey through their pregnancies, which on one hand is really awesome because, you know, pregnancy just happens for most of us uh, when we're healthy. We don't think about it, right? A baby's just growing. Hopefully we're eating well and all the things to physically grow a baby. We don't think about it too much. And then um, birth arrives. So, I mean, put simply, if you haven't used the months to dig a little deeper, probably probably, not all the time, probably a birth is going to be a little bit more difficult than you anticipated. And, you know, this is such a, it's such a layered conversation because I know I always think about the women who don't even know they're pregnant. (laughs) I think about them a lot, actually. Um, You know, those TV shows and the stories you can read online. And I think they're so fascinating. And even in preparation for my own birth, I've been thinking more about this group of women because, you know, for whatever reason, they don't consciously know whether or not they subconsciously know. I don't know. Who could say? But there is this interesting aspect of, you know, having... um, not conscious psychological awareness, 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 that a birth, that a baby is growing, that a birth is impending, that for many of them makes birth sort of uneventful, right? Isn't that fascinating? It's fascinating. So, I mean, for better, or for worse, <laughs> when we know we're pregnant, we live in a culture that it's very hard to get away from all that goes with that, right? So some of the inner work, as I refer to, that I think is important during pregnancy, um, in your first pregnancy especially, is really an unraveling. It's an undoing, perhaps, of beliefs you've held your whole life, uh, the way you were born. You know, you can't get away from your own birth story. And the first time, it's so important. So if a woman comes in here and, you know, her own birth, she was born by traumatic C-section. She was a breach. Her mom's told her for 25 years now how the cord was wrapped around her neck and she almost died. Um, You know, whether or not this is factually true doesn't matter. We're left with this emotional memory. So we can't get away from all the cultural nonsense we've been indoctrinated in and think that intellectual knowledge Or this idea of like babies just fall out is going to apply to us 
I mean, it might, I guess there's certainly just like the stroke of luck or, you know, whatever else, um, whatever other random occurrences just happen in our natural world. Uh, But generally speaking, the woman that doesn't really engage in the inner process, whether it's an undoing or whatever you want to call it, um, will generally, generally have a more difficult birth. So, you know, then you start to think, is that the kind of birth that you want to be alone for or not? And I still don't have the answer other than to say I've witnessed many first time births that are long and difficult, despite everyone's best envisioning, excuse me, of how this will go. Uh, And there's not judgment on that. I couldn't say why, right? It's not like, oh, she didn't do this thing. And that's why her birth is long. I have no idea. I don't know that anyone knows. But that's the path. And it can be when having a midwife is really helpful. And again, um, hopefully for the nine months of having had help along the way to form a solid relationship of trust. And then in the moment, uh, assisting you and supporting you and not doing anything, right? So a lot of people who choose free birth are afraid that they will be violated, that something will be done to them. Um, They will be abused. They will not be asked consent of. And those are real concerns. I'm just saying in my in my midwifery world, <laughs> um, you know, those are not happening. Those those things are not happening. Uh, women are given, of course, not given, they they already have the power, right? So we're there to assist and help as needed. Um, but we're not insisting on anything or doing anything or, you know, making someone have a vaginal exam or anything nonsensical like that. But often women in that position of a long, hard birth will ask for those things and they will want reassurance um, or they'll just want someone to say, you know what, this is longer than you thought. This is normal. Your baby's fine. You're fine. Um, I know it's hard, but you can do it. And you know, that's a really simple job of a midwife. Uh, And certainly other people are capable of saying those words as well. Um, However, I do think it comes from having a lot of experience that you could say that with any kind of assurance. And we're not God either. So, you know, we don't know ultimately how things will work out. But if you see enough births and, you know, you have the things to look for and the things to kind of keep tabs on and you know the women really well, then your chances of being correct when you say, hey, this is normal, even though it's not what you wanted at this moment is uh, pretty accurate. So, you know, it's not meant to scare people into hiring a midwife. Um, It's just trying to explain that there's more to it than that moment of birth. However, if you get to that moment of birth, Uh, without a midwife to support you, whether or not you've done quote unquote inner work or not, you got to deal with what comes. And you know what? I just don't envy any first time mom that's in that position of being in pain, probably um, being scared, probably because you're not automatically guaranteed feeling fearless and confident in any birth, especially your first when there's no one there, possibly but your sister or your husband or both. Neither of them have any idea what's going on. 
Uh, and you become more scared and more tense and everything becomes more painful by the minute because you have no roadmap. You honestly don't know. Is this going to go on for an hour? Is this going to go on for 20 more hours? And of course, you know, midwives don't necessarily either. But as I'm explaining, there's lots of things we look for and there's lots of ways we can provide uh, the help that we can from the outside. Now, of course, someone still has to do it. You still have to have your baby, but being advised to rest or eat or, you know, if we help someone kind of get comfortable for a little nap and set it in perspective of like, okay, you know, you're getting close, your body's doing good work, but it's not time. So how about resting? Let's get you set up for that. Uh, No expectations, you know, probably this baby's not coming in the next hour. So let's get you comfortable. And, you know, you change the mindset. And I think that is definitely the gift of a good midwife that you know well and trust. Um, You're not looking to her to tell you what to do. You're looking to her to say, hey, based on my experience and what I know about you, let's let's try this game plan when things are getting rough or they're not quite flowing. Um, You know, you are, you're trusting someone with that because you've never been through it. So again, I'm not talking about that little group of women that doesn't need to know. Somehow they've accessed, you know, past lives. And I'm not saying that jokingly at all. Like there are totally people that uh, seem to have a knowing, you know, of the whole process before they've been through it the first time in this life. (laughs) For real, for real. And then, you know, there are those of us that kind of don't. And we'd really feel like we were flying blind if we hit any kind of road bumps without a little bit of a tour guide, so to speak, because we don't get a map to birth, whether or not we have someone there or not. Um, But I guess I'm trying to like kind of crush the naive picture some people have. And you know what? If you really have a picture that's important to you to maintain, you don't have to allow it to be crushed by me or anyone. Again, if you're so self-assured, you just go do it. But if you're someone that's on the fence and you're not really understanding um, the benefits of having support and you don't really know what to look at during your journey, then I'm just saying it could be rough. It could be rough there at the end. And, um, you know, I can't think of a lot first-time moms that say they're having a free birth. And these are people like I kind of know, um, you know, or in passing. I'm not just like reading random message boards or something. Um, People we have interacted with or people that are well-known in the free birth world that successfully avoided medical intervention during their first birth. That's sort of factual to me. You know, aside from, again, this, this unique group of women, right? Sort of your average woman in this average world, uh, facing all the typical normal cultural stuff, not to mention personal stuff, relationship stuff, just, you know, all of it. Normal human. <laughs> um, very few will have a successful free birth at home. And if they do, often there's a lot of trauma associated because, you know, they weren't prepared in the way they needed to, or they go to the hospital after birth for something or whatever it is. Um, You know, and it's such a funny thing because it becomes like a, are we judging people for going to the hospital? No, we're not. Um, We're saying that sometimes we make birth harder for ourselves by not 
having awareness of our full range of choices. Because going to the hospital is totally a choice. And as we know, most women in the world or in this country, in the Western world, at least, um, choose this voluntarily. And I honestly don't have judgment on it. As I've said, like, it's not for me, I would never choose it again. But I totally get it. And I think that's also honest in a sense. Um, You know, I'm scared. I don't trust birth. Uh, I believe my doctor or my hospital-based midwife knows more than I do. I want to be safe. You know, all the beliefs that we all hear. Great. Then go do it. Um, I think the free birth thing gets tricky because a lot of women choosing that actually have the same belief system, but it's just not out in the open to them, right? Like no one else cares. It doesn't need to be out in the open to anyone else, but they're not being honest with themselves. And Again, there's just the pure fact that if you've never experienced birth before, it may or may not be what you think. And I think that's sort of like the nicest, um, yeah, like least complicated way of even answering the question. If you haven't had a birth before, you can choose whatever you want. But do you know what you're choosing? Do you know what you want? And do you know how much work goes into Um, any sort of birth where you want to remain in your power, right? It's not just free birth. Uh, Free birth is not necessarily the most powerful sort. And there is no sort. There's just women. There's just women that make choices from a place of integrity and intuition and autonomy. And then they birth how they birth. So, you know, I think that whole thing is kind of crazy too, that people would think that somehow being alone would be more heroic. Um, It would be more autonomous. It can be, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, and it won't necessarily be if you don't do the work. And I have other podcasts along these lines. I have one about autonomy and where that comes from and how it's not a label we slap on at the end. It's not a label we, we say, we had, we are, we are autonomous beings in the way we interact with the world and the choices we make. And that goes way, way deeper than birth. Um, So one analogy I thought of, and I thought this was pretty good, maybe you won't. (laughs) But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, I think this is as close as I can come to what I'm trying to say uh, in another way. So to me, having your first baby again, as like a normal, normal female human in this world, um, at least here in like Western culture, is like planning for a road trip when you've never driven a car. Right? So just imagine that you've never seen a car. You don't know maybe how to get in it, how to drive it. Um, You've heard maybe some things about how to fuel it or like how fast it will go or whatever. Um, But you don't completely get the car you're operating in. And when you are in it and you're trying to get a place, you also aren't sure of the destination because you've never driven and you've never been anywhere you don't really know how it might flow or how it doesn't flow, right? Um, Like how highways have exits and exits flow into, you know, side streets or whatever it is. So all the things, think of all the things you at this point take for granted about driving and how they're totally, you know, 
part of you now. You don't even think about them. It's like intuition and, and almost instinct, right? Which is kind of funny. Um, but there definitely is that piece now that if you've been driving half your life, um, you have. So imagine kind of knowing nothing other than someone's told you you're going to go from here to there and this is going to happen. Um, they've even told you like, you don't really even need to think about it. It's just if you're alone in your car, you'll be fine. You'll get there. It might be a little scary, uh, but you'll figure it out. You know, that's essentially, I think, what a first birth feels like. And the destination thing, I feel like is super crucial to consider. Um, you don't know where you are. You know, I think Margot has said it in a way that I like, um, just about like you don't have a map the first time. So you're kind of learning your body and you're learning this potential map. And then, of course, if you have other babies, it could still be a different map, but you sort of have a better picture for it. Um, and you associate that the map, the look, the destination with possible feelings in your body. So again, there are those group of women that somehow seem to have the map. They're not who I'm talking to. Um, talking to the rest of us who haven't felt that way and, um, you know, who acknowledge that the mystery is great and and definitely birth remains a mystery, right? We're never going to like get that map ahead of time and have it outlined and, you know, know how much we have to spend on gas and, and absolutely know that we're not going to hit traffic. Like, no. And that's the beauty of it. And that's sort of the um, you know, the natural disaster element almost of birth. Not that it's catastrophic, but the way the weather is unpredictable, so is birth. Um, you know, again, there are so many other things to talk about that I'm not going to keep blabbing on about here, but just the spiritual aspects. And, you know, I think the ways we do actually create and control more than we think. But I feel like those are advanced topics um, and almost advanced level techniques. And to get there, my opinion, and and this is based on all of the women I've worked with, as well as myself, um, is that those come, you know, those come when you're ready for them. That doesn't supersede probably knowing how birth works. Uh, That doesn't supersede being able to just take care of yourself nutritionally in pregnancy and grow a healthy baby. Um, so there's definitely basics that have to be laid down before we start kind of envisioning the fact that even if this is a car trip, you know, we get to invent it because I totally believe that. But I'm just talking about like surface level, you know, I think I can do this, but yet there's so many people that don't really have awareness of like what this journey could actually be. And I mean that in the positive and negative, like, it's such a rich journey that someone could really be of utmost support to you on. And it could totally rock your world and change your life. Um, Not to have had the support per se, but to have had the guidance and to be able to go uh, into yourself and to have feedback and um, someone holding a mirror. You know, that's essentially, I think, another awesome things that midwives do. Um, We're just holding a mirror up to you. And we're just kind of remaining expressionless next to the mirror while you see what's in there. And you work it out. So you know, the, 
the shamanic element of midwifery I know for me is real um which again is I think why it's confusing to me why people would want to paint this all so black and white you know it's either medicalized care where they just tell you how it's going to be and stick needles in you and hands up your vagina or you got to be alone and just hope your baby falls out and you know maybe you're scared to even go deeper than that because the world loves to paint things black and white you know the world loves to act like well if you're just alone um, you won't have that, you know, annoying midwife screwing up your process. And while there are so many legitimate stories and examples of annoying midwives screwing up people's processes, uh, there's just as many, if not more, of women who are alone and have to find a way out in a way they really didn't want to and really didn't expect. So, you know, I guess ultimately, what's my point? Um, I can't change anyone's journey necessarily. And I'm not sure we should, right? We don't get to alter someone's path in that kind of way, I don't think. So sort of in like the highest spiritual way, people are going to do what they're going to do. And that's that. Um, On the other hand, because things are in black and white, I think there is a gray area of when someone's ready. So if you're listening to this and you're one of these people uh, and it resonates with you, you're probably going to do one of a couple things. You're going to try to get real with yourself and figure out what it is you do want and kind of why you're choosing the things you do for you. I mean, not to please me or anyone else, but why you want them and then what your options are, what your honest options are. And you know, we all know kind of deeper um, sometimes if we're avoiding something or, you know, if we have investigation to do. It's not always a comfortable place to be, but you might say to yourself, you know what? Um, yeah, I really would love someone to support me. I'm going to look around, you know, I'm going to put myself out there and that's uncomfortable. I'm going to call a couple people. I'm just going to talk with them. There's no commitment I need to make at this moment. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do, but I am more humble and I don't have the experience of birth under my belt. Um, And I'd rather be prepared and I'd rather be supported. And, you know, I really am determined to have this baby at home. Like, that's really what I want. And kind of I want to do that come hell or high water with the support that I have. Um, You know, that applies to some people because they know that if they're alone and things start to get whatever, um, just unexpected and they start to feel fearful or afraid and their bodies close up, that then they're in for, you know, less of a choice. It's either just tough it out and hope you know what's going on. A lot of women really lose a lot of their intuitive sense in situations like that. Um... Or, you know, you go for medical help because those are your options at that point. You can't call up a midwife you've never met. Um, I don't know any midwife that would come to someone they have never met before while they're in labor, not knowing anything about the situation. And, you know, what would that even help? We're not miracle workers. We're not going to, you know, get a baby out if someone has whatever, so much 
emotional trauma that they're not going to allow that to happen. Um, The benefit of this type of midwifery care is the relationship and all the counseling and all the things I've talked about today that hopefully wind up feeling really supportive for a woman having her first baby so that she can birth that baby in her power. It's not about taking power from someone. And conversely, by hiring someone there that you trust, that's not giving away power. Um, It can be, right? It can be in all kinds of ways, but it certainly isn't a given. And that's, you know, another another topic in a sense. How do you work with someone on both sides and allow that power to remain in its rightful place, which is with the woman? It's another great topic, but that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this blab. Um, as I get closer to birth, I don't know what kind of podcast release schedule we'll have over here. We have a couple fun things. We have a new course called um, Reclaiming Your Joyful Pregnancy. It's a quick seven-day course. It's only like $27, something insane. And it's fun. It's on our social platform and it includes a lot of the things I do personally to just stay sane. A lot of other fun resources, activities, tools to be joyful. Enjoy this time of life. No matter what the world's doing, no matter what's going on around you, you're growing a baby and all the happiness and joy you can muster for yourself is just so well appreciated. Uh, by your body and, you know, by the world. So you can check that course out. The link is probably best found on Instagram. Hate to say if you're not an Instagrammer, uh, but it's in our link tree. And that's probably the easiest place for me to point you in that direction. All right, everybody have a great day.